An unfortunate scene, Buffalo Bills safety, critical condition following a heart attack on the field, uh, a scene that something I've never seen before. Uh, Matt, we'll get into this on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. If you've ever seen a scene like this on a football field or anywhere and the latest, everything we know uh, about the DeMar Hamlin situation and maybe some of Matt's pit insights on DeMar coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. We're going to do our mailbag episode tomorrow, so hit us up on Twitter at those handles if you want to get involved or drop a comment on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. And and Matt, I actually canceled the Locked On 49ers podcast for today because we usually record at night. And last night, watching Monday Night Football, uh, Talking about the Niners seemed pretty insignificant and something that just it didn't seem right to try to muster that up. But I, I wanted to be able to talk to you today because we covered the entire league and, and had an opportunity to sleep on it now with just the scene and how heavy it was watching what happened with DeMar Hamlin and, and him collapsing on the field. And luckily, the latest we have is still the latest that I went to bed with last night. And it was nice that the Buffalo Bills were able to to get this information out there. And there's a few other things that we saw about what condition DeMar Hamlin is in. But the official uh, statement still is from the Buffalo Bills. DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field. And he was transferred to the UC University of Cincinnati Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and is listed in critical condition. Um, just unbelievable. Matt, have you ever seen a scene like that uh, around uh, any game? No, not at all. I mean, I, I heard stories back in the day that, you know, boxers have died in the ring. Or I, mean, I remember my grandfather telling me that, uh, when he was young or, you know, in his 20s or 30s, there was a, a hitter that before they had batting helmets got drilled in the head and died on the field, you know, but like not in my lifetime, you know, I mean, not, you know, things that are life threatening, you know what I mean? Uh, we've seen awful injuries, Theismann and, you know, Alex Smith and these awful, awful injuries. But as the announcers were saying, it was never is this guy going to make it situation? I mean, it's one thing that did come to mind, which is very different. Yeah. I know you're not a big hockey guy, but there was a goalie clip my Larchuk that got a skate right in the throat and was just spewing blood on the ice. And I mean, and that was a lot more graphic, obviously, right? but that was life threatening too, you know I mean? But no, nothing like it. And it was very eerie, you know, nobody knew how to react. You could just see on all the players' faces that this was different. You know, this was not go off on a stretcher, put a thumbs up and out for the year type of deal. And yeah. my my 16-year-old and, and I were watching it live, as we always do. And as you mentioned, I was, you know, I was planning on writing an article last night. I just didn't really have it in me. You know, I was going to write, you know, watch the game, write an article, work on it at halftime, that type of thing. It's like, nah, I'm not going to do that tonight. You know, no football tonight. And I kind of felt like that's how the nation responded. And my even my son's a lot more observant than me. He's even like, 
dad, you know, the networks don't know what to do. You know, that they just keep playing the same commercials over and over. They're all for the network, for their sitcoms and stuff, and or they're NFL related. Like they weren't throwing in an extra Volkswagen ad or something. You know, like they just didn't have a plan for this. And I, I felt, of course, for the Hamlins who don't live far from Cincinnati. They live, you know, if they're, they're from my hometown, we can talk about that in a minute, but they drove to Cincinnati for the game, which is close to here. It's very drivable. They were in the stands. And then, you know, I also felt for the announcers and Booger and Schefter and those guys too, like, how do you stay on the air? You know I mean? Unfortunately the show must go on and there has to be something on the television set. And I, Glad that that wasn't my responsibility. Right. Yeah. It just the day and age we're into with social media and everything's instant. And you have so much instant information to not know what's going on. And for a league and, and network that's so prepared, they didn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. going back to the studio and it was, you know, it was brutal to watch because nobody knew. And the right. people like, thrown on camera was having a hard time. Say, and there yeah. was no information about it from anybody. And it was a primetime game and everyone's watching and you have all this coverage based around this game. Uh, I just it's it was a scene I've never seen before. It was so heavy and nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what was going on. There was no information about it. And 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 the way that scene turned so quick on the field and you could see it in the players faces and you start hearing about CPR being administered on the field. Yeah. And uh, just just unbelievable. There's you know, there was like Daryl Stingley. Right. That was before my time mm-hmm. uh, who ended up being. Paralyzed, paralyzed in a right. game. I think it was a Jack Tatum hit. Yeah. Uh, Mike Utley was another one. Um, there was a I don't right, know if- Ryan Shazier hits close to home here too. You know, yes, it, yeah, right. but we never thought he was going to pass away on the field. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah, know, it was never that. Awful, just but right, prime time. Everybody's watching, and it just see it play out in real time. There was a a player on the 49ers that died in 2005 after a preseason game. Thomas Harrion. Hmm. And it was, it sounds like a very similar situation. It wasn't uh, related to a hit necessarily, but it was after the game and he just collapsed and had a heart attack and he ended up passing away. Um, but you never even see it play out on the field either. So that's what was so heavy about this situation with DeMar Hamlin. So, um, yeah. And I, the, the networks did a good a job as they could have. Sure. I, so much nicer to have some kind of information. They just couldn't get any information. They kept going back to the studio. And I think, um, I, I really they didn't want to false report anything either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so right. Chef was like the most plugged in guy on the planet. You know, yeah. you're kind of waiting. You're like, Chef, or give us something. And they kept going. He's got his phone right, right in front of him the whole time, too. And he's right. not even bashful about checking it. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, and I got to give a ton of credit to Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark, who came on right after that. And mm-hmm. they, clearly, these people were all put on the air before they were prepared to do that on Monday night. Um, and, and so it's such a tough situation, but once SVP and Ryan Clark got on the air, um, yeah, I think they really did a good job of, of putting the story together, composing everybody, having some thoughts. And, uh, and it was a, it was a really good job by them. And, um, and Ryan Clark had some really interesting things to say, you know, from a ex player's perspective. And, uh, so yeah, they, they did a fantastic job. Yeah. And then of course the league didn't know what to do. I didn't know if they'd ask the bills yeah. to spend another night in Cincinnati or, you know, is this game never going to happen? I don't even want to talk about the logistics of it. It's a little too early. Maybe that could be a tomorrow topic and maybe we do have answers by then, but is, I mean, clearly if this would have happened in week two, you could arrange bye weeks like they did in COVID and it's late in the year and, 
not to be cold, but if it was Bears versus Texans, you just say it never happened. Who cares? It doesn't have playoff ramifications anyways. But there's a lot at stake, and I guess we'll talk about that throughout the week. But I do have a little insight on Hamlin as a person, you know, from my pitch stuff. But if we want to get into that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's get into this stuff. But with the, <laughs> you, you mentioned the scheduling, too, because they had just released the schedule and changed some things around to get the yeah. right in prime time and stuff for week 18. And now they've got to figure this out, whether to play the game or not, eventually at some point. Um, I mean, who's going to get the buy in the AFC and things like that that aren't right. as important as a young man's life. But these are billion-dollar corporations, and somebody's going to get a buy in the AFC. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But, yeah, no, uh, you being a pit guy, DeMar being a pit guy, and uh, everybody I've talked to from that area and seen on social media talking about DeMar Hamlet. By the way, his uh, – I haven't ever, actually, I want to check what that number is. His uh, He had a GoFundMe for – uh, toys for for kids basically yeah he does that here locally yeah yeah and he had i think maybe around ten thousand dollars was it was where it was at and by the time i went to bed last night it was at three million dollars wow i didn't know people. that holy yeah. smokes yeah uh, and which i'm sure has grown even since then uh, and i haven't checked it this morning but it's just phenomenal seeing how people are rallying seeing bills fans and cincinnati Bengals fans all there you know in prayer with candles giving support at the not only on the field and at the stadium, but at the hospital as well, at the University of Cincinnati. So obviously we're we're praying and hoping for the best for DeMar Hamlin. Um, just a brutal situation we're seeing played out. And then it gets you start to learn more about the guy because he's not a household name, right? Sixth round mm-hmm. pick um, out of Pitt. And it seems like the greatest dude, too. Yeah. And what I, I've never interacted with DeMar one on one, but he's from McKees Rocks, which is probably 20, 25 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. Old schools, you know, Pittsburgh community, tough, hard-nosed group of people from McKees Rocks. He, he goes to Central Catholic, which is, I don't say it's a football factory, but they're always really competitive and people from all over, the great players from all over the city go to Central Catholic to get better recognized. It's Dan Marino's high school. I mean, there's a lot of former NFL players at Central Catholic you're not going to get missed if you're at Central. You know what I mean? So it, it, it all the recruiting, you know, every uh, every college when they visit Pittsburgh is going to stick their nose in Central Catholic High School. And he shined there. And he did a, a local news thing here with some people I know, you know, committing to Pitt and had a very good, good career at Pitt. And for people who don't know, I was on Pitt staff for three years. Antonio Bryant's last year and both of Larry Fitzgerald's years. So many, many moons ago. But there are some old timers that I was on staff with that are still there. And I always pick their brains a little bit around draft season. You know, and there were six or seven Panthers drafted that year. You know, what are these guys like? And I remember them all going out of their way saying, you know, Hamlin is a big time leader. He's one of my favorite players, you know, unprovoked. And I just remember that sticking out. And you mentioned the the fundraiser that he does on the side. I know he's very, very close with Kenny Pickett. You know, I'm sure Pickett will be interviewed a bunch this week around here. Um, who's, he came out a year after DeMar. So that's what I know about him, but it's all good. And I'm not just saying that because what happened, you know. Yeah, um, I'm looking up the uh, the GoFundMe right now. To see, So it's, it's surpassed $4 million now. Wow. The original awesome. called it's called the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. Uh, the original, and this is something that on social media started getting passed around on Monday night. And I retweeted it at one point, and it was already up to you know half a million dollars or something 
uh, very quick, like in 10 minutes. It, it got it, it was that fast, out, you know, and Bill's Mafia, by the way, is a great fan base. And we know they're going to come strong for things like this. But the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive on GoFundMe, his original goal was twenty five hundred dollars just to buy some toys for some kids. Yeah, uh, and right. He, he ended up getting like $10,000, you know, so he was above his goal already before this happened last night. And then as all this is going on and people are sharing this, it, it just it just kept going and going and going. And now there's been a total of uh, over 150,000 different donations for a total of over $4 million now to that to that toy drive and uh, basically can launch a whole new charity. DeMar uh, Hamlin can't at this point from uh, from all of these donations. And I'm just looking at it right now. I'm just seeing, you know, an anonymous donation for $10,000 here, you know, from somebody wow. uh, $20 here, $30 here. Just uh, pretty amazing to see people rally around this, this guy and, and the universal idea that, you know, football doesn't matter. Um, uh, it's, you know, this is, this is too serious right now. And mm-hmm. it just, it, <laughs> I, it's, it's unfortunate too, in this business, Matt, that we, Sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, you know, uh, and I try not to be, but, you know, you don't really, you, you never really know all the human beings involved in the field for the sport you're talking about. And you're, you're, you know, you're talking about fantasy stuff and you're talking about them on the field and X's and O's and this guy did that and that guy did that. And it's like, you know, they're not video game characters. These are all human beings. And so yeah. um, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. This is why, but, you know, I'm glad I've learned a lot more about DeMar Hamlin, that he's such a good dude and, and seeing things like that he was doing in the community that he was doing long before he was an NFL player too. Yeah. And by no means am I lumping myself in with, you know, DeMar Hamlin, but it it dawned on me too. Like I do a lot of live radio. I mean, I could have a heart attack on the air. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, I I don't hit people for a living. I don't run around. I don't stress my heart like an NFL player, but I mean, I'm surprised that we haven't seen news anchors or, you know, people that are on live TV that aren't athletes or live radio in my case, where, you know, something like that happens on the air, you know, or on stage or, you know. I don't know if you have any more personal stories about DeMar Hamlin. I don't, uh, no. we, we have a lot of time here on the, on the podcast to talk about some, some football subjects. And, you know, I, as far as the scheduling of the game goes, I have no idea. And, yeah. and we were going to talk seeding on today's podcast. Um, I don't think that it's even we have a clear enough picture to even talk about AFC seeding now because no. I think you know scheduling is going to change and, and those things. And so there's um, there's seeding, there's wild card stuff, but the NFC picture doesn't change. So uh, I think we can at least go there and talk a little bit about that. And as far as the schedule goes, as long as that doesn't change, uh, we, we kind of know about some of the primetime games that will be happening in week 18. So. Mm-hmm. We will get and to hopefully yeah. tomorrow. We have better news, of course, on Hamlin's condition, yeah. most importantly. But I, I would bet by then there'll be some decision scheduling wise, too. That could probably happen any minute now. Uh, it was really good news late night it, it, to hear someone had a heart attack and was in critical condition being good news is kind of odd. But that's the way I felt going to bed last night, getting that that late night information uh, about where DeMar Hamlin was and um the official he was alive to be right exactly and that's what you're worried about when you hear about the cpr stuff and um you know critical condition felt like the best news Mm -hmm. that it was a heart attack on the field and that they had restored his heartbeat and um and those things but i was hoping this morning by the time we recorded there would be even better news and and we don't have any more news and um his agent even said that you know probably not gonna be a lot of news and you know it might take 24 hours to figure uh, a little more of this out and so hoping for the best with the updates for damar hamlin um next matt let's talk about 
some football stuff, try to um, maybe get our minds off some of the yeah some of the unfortunate things right now and and maybe escape into football a little bit, which is, you know, a lot of times what football is for us on a daily basis. And you forget about it when something like this slaps you in the face. NFC playoff picture next. If, you know, we talked about earlier how sports – it's an escape, right? And, and you can escape any day with daily fantasy sports and our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is super easy. You're not picking entire teams of players. You're picking two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. There's no sharks in the pool that's competing against you. You're just looking at the projections that are available on Prize Picks in any sport. And it's just you versus those projections that are available and not just NFL projections, even though there are a ton of those and it's so fun to play, but this is daily fantasy. You can find something to play every day, just not on NFL weekends like NBA, NHL, golf, college sports, basketball and football. There is uh esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, even disc golf and cricket. Tons of projections available. You can play daily fantasy any day you want. That's why it's called daily fantasy. At Prize Picks, all you do is you pick two to five players and you pick if they're going to go more or less than those projections. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Really quick, before we get to the NFC playoff picture, there, there was a subject I want to talk about. I wanted to talk a little bit about yesterday, and it is about the one seed currently Eagles. Do you think seeing the way that the Eagles have played with, with Jalen Hurts out, do you think that solidifies for you his candidacy for MVP? Because I think it's made it stronger. And when he got hurt, I thought it might eliminate him from it because it would give someone like Patrick Holmes an opportunity to play a few more games and get those MVP votes. Whereas now I'm kind of the other way thinking by him not playing, especially if he comes back and plays, then this is becomes a playoff game really for the Eagles in week 18, right? Because you get to, you get a free win in the playoffs because you get a buy if you get that one seat. So it's a pretty big deal. Really and good. Yeah. So, uh, if they, if he doesn't play and they lose, or if he comes back and they, they win, I mean, I think you give him the MVP trophy right there. I'm going to fight you on that. Okay. So while you were doing the ad read, I, I retweeted the, uh, the, the GoFundMe. So I was busy doing that. So maybe I could do my part a little bit, but let's talk football. I mean, that's what we're here to do. Um, I am going to fight you a little bit on that. I'm not sure you can, when you're, when you're presenting an MVP resume to the voters, not playing, I don't think should work in your favor. You know what I mean? But I end that, boy, this guy is unbelievably valuable. I believe that if he had played either of these last two games, probably we're not even talking about the, any of the scenarios for the Eagles that they have clinched the number one seed. And that in itself has massive value, most valuable player. He has massive value. And I'm with you if Pat Mahomes didn't exist. <laughs> you know, like Mahomes was getting my vote anyway. And then when the, the runner-up, in my opinion, misses two games, I think I just hand the trophy to Pat. See, I, I liked that argument better before what I saw the Eagles look like mm -hmm. without Jalen Hurts. And uh, do we overrate how good of a backup 
and potential even short-term starter Gardner Minshew was going to be. Because that's a pretty good football Maybe. team with a lot of weapons, and they look like a completely different team, which is kind of where I'm coming from with this. It was like, wow, he makes that much of a difference. And when you're talking about even straight-up value, I would have said, yeah, probably Patrick Mahomes, except I don't even know if the – the Chiefs would look that bad if Patrick Mahomes didn't play versus what the Eagles look like. If you're talking about straight up value, that's how important Jalen Hurts has been to that team this year, apparently, judging by those games when he didn't play. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I, I don't have a strong argument against you, except for I just think Pat Mahomes is the best player on the planet who's having the yeah. best year in his teams right now. The current, you know, 13 and three, number one seed in the AFC as it stands today, that his case is just stronger. But I hear you. Um, did we overrate Minshew? Maybe. I mean, I'm definitely a believer, and hopefully for your case, Brock Purdy doesn't fall in this mix, but Mike White is starting to, that backups eventually look like backups. They can have a stint where they're good for two, three games, but it's hard to maintain that for, you know, these coaches watch four games before and study everything about it. And when you have that much data to go off of, it's really tough to maintain, you know, uh, starter status when you're not really that talented. But I also think he only had really one bad game. I mean, the two games ago, I thought Minshew played well. They didn't win. Oh, well, this past week, he, I don't want to say he turned into a pumpkin, but he had a bad game. I mean, I still think he's a good backup. It's such an odd year for quarterbacks in the NFL, too. All the injuries, Lamar and... I think 63 uh, have started. Started. Now that Stidham is in, and you know, like it was, it was at fifty nine like three weeks ago. I think yeah. it's up to sixty three starters. So and one it, more, like somebody gets hurt or somebody sits, that's two starters per team in the NFL. Yeah, and I think there's th- at least three that have played four quarterbacks or more. I mean, the Rams, the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals played three. The Panthers, no, Cardinals have played. Cardinals four. might be four. Yeah, Jets, I think have played four. They don't think. I think they've started three. It's insane. Like the league has, I bet the league's hating it. Right. And, and you have, you have guys like Purdy and then you have Stidham that plays better right. than expected. Right. And then you have Geno Smith, who's been ba- a backup for seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and he's comeback player of the year with the way he's playing. Uh, Darnold's playing pretty well. You Darnold know, some of those guys, ba- Baker look- looks fine as a Ram and you know, like all these guys change. It's insane. Oh, it's, it's, it's just an unbelievable year and the nfl is chaos and i feel like this year even more than most it's that's absolutely been the case wow i'm curious at the end of the year how many quarterbacks have actually played it's probably 75 you know i mean if you include like the Taysom hills or not just a wildcat to derrick henry i mean quarterbacks that have come in the game i bet it's a very high number you josh dobbs was the latest one we're gonna see him you know against trying to try to get his guys in the playoffs there's been a couple new ones Stidham and Dobbs, you know, crazy. All right. Next, let's talk playoff picture. We will show you the NFC grid, which still has a ton of possibilities after 17 weeks going into the regular season finale week 18. Whenever we reference those lines, who's favored, who is not end of season awards, comeback players of the year. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting, information, stats, news, and analysis this season and every season and in every sport. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. And you can go to BetOnline.net and and get informed before you go to BetOnline and make those bets as well. Uh, You want to be informed before you put your hard-earned money on the line. From pro football to college bowl season to 
college and pro basketball, uh, soccer and golf and, and every sport you can imagine. You can find it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at betonline. And of course, I know you do love sports podcasts because you're listening <laughs> right now to Peacock and Williamson. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Matt, shout out to Del- Dennis Selman for putting in the work and, and putting this together. I'm going to put it up on the screen here so everybody can see it. And it's quite the grid. Whoops, took it off and let's put it back on there. All right, there we go. So this is the NFC playoff picture from Dennis Selman. And uh, it's it's quite a grid there. And basically, this is every scenario for every game that could happen in week 18 and all of the possible scenarios for what teams could get what seeds in the playoffs. And I was actually blown away because I'd forgotten the Philadelphia Eagles now after a couple of losses. Not only do they have an opportunity to lose the one seed, that means they could be the five seed. Which is which is why that's mind boggling. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, essentially, if, if Philly loses and the 49ers win and it's the fourth, uh, fourth through seventh scenario down here on the list uh, of this grid. So Dallas wins 49ers win Green Bay beats Detroit. That would mean that the Niners are the one seed. Dallas becomes the two seed wins the NFC East. Green Bay is the seven seed. Uh, the New York Giants are the sixth seed no matter what. Tampa Bay is the four seed no matter what. Those can't change. Uh, Minnesota would then be the three seed, and Philly, not winning the division, would be all the way down at the five seed and be on the road at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I can't even imagine that, to be honest with you. As good as the Eagles have been, but that's how this league works. I mean, like, well, I know we're not talking AFC, but the Jets and Dolphins both have lost five in a row. You know, like it's remarkable. And the the Eagles have lost two in a row. That's enough to say, boy, there's some doubt here. I mean, I still think they're the best team in the NFC. Although to your Hertz point, I would probably take the Niners over the Eagles minus Hertz, you know, and I think that those two are even with Hertz would be a really, really good battle. And I hope we get that at some point. Um, man, that, that boggles my mind a little bit. I, I doubt it's going to come to that, but it might. Maybe even a crazier scenario. If the if 49ers lose in that same scenario and Minnesota wins, then Dallas would be the one seed. Minnesota would be the two seed. Niners would be down at the three seed at that point. So the Niners could be one, two, or three in this. Minnesota could be three or two. And then Philly would still be that that number five seed. So this this is not done, and it got a lot more interesting here in sure in, uh, in week eighteen. But no, nothing, uh, you know, the the top seed, like we already know, Philly's in the playoffs at some point. We know the Niners in the playoffs. We know Dallas is. We know Minnesota, Giants, and Tampa. But when you talk about that seven seed here, this starts to get very interesting because Green Bay has put themselves in a in a position where if they win, they're in. And the NFL has now flexed that game, Green Bay, Detroit, into prime time. So Green Bay wins, they're in, they're the seventh seed, and that's that. But the other scenarios are if Detroit wins and uh, the Seattle Seahawks also have an opportunity. So uh, with the Seahawks game happening earlier on in the day, Detroit would need to win, but they would also need the Seahawks to lose. So Detroit, by the time they play in prime time Sunday, they'll know their fate because they'll know if they have an opportunity to win and be in, then it'll become Mm -hmm. a straight up play in game between Detroit and green Bay. If Seattle loses, if Seattle wins, Detroit gets eliminated, but I have a feeling they'll still get up for that primetime game and want to eliminate a a division rival in the green Bay Packers. 
Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. I mean, I get a kick out of how they do the Week 18 thing now because growing up or in recent memory, all the things were set. They didn't change it around for this reason. I think it's so smart, and I don't envy the sch scheduling people to make it all work because inevitably there's one team complaining like, oh, man, I, the way we're sitting, if this team I need to win learns that they don't matter, then we're out of luck. But the way it's set up in the NFC is great right now in that Green Bay is something to play for no matter what. The Lions may or may not, and you're going to know the Seattle factor. So they're going to be on the edge of their seats watching that one. Like I remember watching Chargers Raiders last year that end up tying and like the Steelers needed a tie to get in and then they needed the Colts <laughs> or the Jags to beat the Colts and they stuck in the back door unbelievably. Yeah, the so needing always, a tie scenario is right. always the fun one. That's always the fun one. So it's great that Lions Packers is Sunday night. I guess that's subject to change with the AFC, but I assume that one's set in stone. Um and that's a great one to watch and frankly I wish the Lions and Packers both could get in. I know that's not how it works, but I think Green Bay's the biggest contender of these on-the-bubble teams, Seattle, Lions, Packers. Like, if I'm a Niners fan, I think the Packers is the, the least one I want to get in. Yeah, you're, you know, it, that one seed becomes a little bit more important when you start to see, yeah, you know, I don't think I want to play that team in right. the wildcard round of the playoffs. Right, right. Like I'm, I'm, you know, your Niners could get to one, but I would imagine you'd least like to play the Green Bay Packers of those three teams even though you've had success with it against them. All right. We're going to go over the AFC playoff picture when we know what the schedule even is going to look like there. We've got the mailbag on tomorrow's episode at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks to everybody for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And pray for DeMar Hamlin. Talk to you next time.